The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately, the one who received five talents went and traded with them, and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, you, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant, and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant, and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank, so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, as the church continues, as I mentioned last week, this kind of series at the end of the liturgical year on heaven and hell, we're prompted by especially the third servant in the Gospel tonight, we see that fear kind of comes to the surface again. Last week I spoke on kind of a base fear and maybe allowing a a basic fear of missing out of heaven to prompt us to receive fully the grace that God gives us. Kind of think of it as a storehouse. Are we receiving that grace in vain or are we receiving that grace worthily? But I think when it gets down to it, when we talk about fear and we talk about heaven and hell, we kind of tend to minimize this, this fear to two things. One side of the coin maybe errs on the side of presumption to kind of push that fear out of the way and say, well, I'm secure. I I believe in God, so I have what it takes. But the words of St. Paul in our second reading today would maybe be a little jarring if someone has that presumption because St. Paul says when people say peace and security, then sudden disaster comes upon them. So the other side of the coin then would maybe be one that tends towards despair. 
Might be someone who says, well, I'm not perfect. I'll never be capable of, of getting what I need to get to heaven. It's kind of living in that fear, and none of these are right. Because a a life lived in fear is a life half-lived. And so for us, then, we have to find not only this balance between despair and presumption, but we also have to figure out what what is the proper fear in order to live a life to the full. I was reminded of this balance last week. We had our teaching mass. It was a good opportunity. One of our students brought with him several non-Catholics. And as I was demonstrating and, and talking about where from Scripture the mass comes from, I really focused in on St. Paul and his letter to the Corinthians when he said, the bread we break, the blood we drink, is it not a participation in the body of Christ and in the blood of Christ? And so this focus on this word participation kind of drove them up the wall. <laughs> Because at the end of the Mass, they came to me and asked me to clarify this kind of common question. To clarify the distinction between faith and works. And so as I'm so off to do, I went to the image of a marriage. And I said, well, yeah, think about it like a marriage. You know, you you get married, you, you believe that you're in love, but if you don't act on that, if you don't act on what you professed on one day for the rest of your life, then there's going to be a lot missing. And the spousal analogy is jives with our readings tonight. Not just because of the, the perfect bride in our first reading today, but also the share in the Master's joy that comes from living out these responsibilities, being faithful to these responsibilities. Right, the Master entrusts these possessions to his servants. He, he doesn't just give them, he entrusts them because he's going on a journey. And what do they do but... But two of them follow up on this responsibility and act upon it, and the third sits on it. He's lazy, as as the master calls him out for. So they weren't given a reward based on how much investment they how much they made on their investment. Because if you pay attention to it, the one who who got who received five more and the one who made five uh, two more received the same exact reward, a share in the master's joy. So for us then, the focus as the bride of Christ is on that responsibility. It's not a question of fear necessarily or security or even finding a balance, but it's asking the question, how are we as the bride of Christ living out our responsibility in this marriage of sorts? Because the perfect bride in our first reading today, it says, was the one who brought good all the days of her life. It wasn't so much about the particular skills she possessed, not even about the particular virtues, you could say, as much as it was in the context of wisdom literature, which Proverbs is in, that she had this Hebrew chokmah, a proper understanding of how to view the world. And likewise, then, she was able to respond in that way. So the ideal bride, in other words, is the one whose life is in step with wisdom, whose life is in step with the order of created things. And so for us as the bride of Christ, finding a balance in our fears means developing a proper Fear of God. A fear of God, as we heard in the Responsorial Psalm, which is an awe of God, an appreciation for the way of God, for the truths that He has taught us, the truths and the responsibilities that He calls us to, and a fidelity to the life of the Master that we are called to participate in. So much like a marriage, much like an athlete, the greater steeped we are in receiving and acting on these responsibilities in our day-to-day, 
the easier it is when they reach those difficult times. So my brothers and sisters, just as Jesus was preparing his disciples, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, he's, he's getting ready to go now to the cross. And so as he's anticipating this, he is telling them this parable, inviting them to put their lives as well on the line. And I think that he's inviting us to do the same. Because he's asking them to invest in what they've been given. The way, the truth, and the life. To invest in it, to act on it, even in the face of adversity. And so for us, the Lord is asking us and inviting us to respond boldly to those enemies that we face. The enemies of Catholicism, the enemies of Christianity, who try to get us to do what that third servant did. To simply bury the gospel. We were not given a talent. We were not given a a, a value of 20 years worth of work to invest. We were given the gift of our salvation. The very fact that God came and died for my sins. That God came and died for your sins, not in a generic way, but in the fact that He would have died if it were just you. This is a gift far greater than any monetary value. So the Lord is asking for us to respond boldly. As we approach this Thanksgiving holiday, let us be grateful for the gift of the gospel. Not just words, but the gift of our salvation. And then, then, let us not be afraid to participate in those responsibilities entrusted to us by the Master and the Church. As a bride of Christ, may we become skillful in first living out the gospel and second, proclaiming it. Because a life lived in fear is a life half-lived. But a life lived in reception and participation of God's redemptive work is a life fully lived and a life fully rewarded by an eternal share in the Master's joy.